0: i.e. Any, you know, any convenience store or customer he comes across. So there's hardly any way to quantify that. Inside that convenience store where your cheese is, can you think of any other products that you could partner up with those companies to help get you distribution? That's why we went with the sandwich people. Well, that's just one. I mean, the ice cream people could be one. Because they're refrigerated. How yeah, about the beef jerky people? Well, we've already partnered with them,
1: but they have no refrigeration. And some of our distributors are beef jerky people, we will just put the cheese in their cooler in their vehicle for the day and then put it away at night, you know, they'll sell it all day long. What
0: other type products are in the refrigerator there with your cheese? There's Pepsi and Coke, and, you know, it's impossible to talk to them. Yeah. All Any other cheese? smaller companies like yourself in there that's doing pretty good? Really, not that we have found. But there's got to be companies who are making inroads into the convenience stores just as you are. I mean, a good possibility. Let's say you had a, a young Red Bull drink, okay? And they're making great distribution, whether it's in a local geographical area or whether it's national. You know, just you could get someone and do a joint venture and do it. You could have the Red Bull company rep your cheese, and maybe as a favor, you guys can trade customers and you can rep their Red Bull. I know that may not be something you want to get into, but what I'm saying is look if you could get a Red Bull distributor to endorse your cheese and even pay them a piece of the action or whatever they get in, if they're already in there and they already have the relationships and they've made the phone calls and followed up to get those accounts, you're leveraging off of all of their assets. And Red Bull is just a hypothetical example. But I bet if you go to some convenience stores and look inside those coolers and look what other kind of products and ask yourself, could we do a partnership with them? Could we leverage off their existing assets? Could we trade leads? All right. So that's just uh, one idea. And there's, Texas is the largest state in the United States as far as when it comes to number of convenience
1: stores. And we got this book in front of us that tells us exactly what chains, who the grocery store wholesaler is that delivers it. We have all that. Mm-hmm. But our problem is we got to get something compelling in front of them to take a look at us. Mm-hmm. Once they get it, in, they love us. Mm-hmm. We just got to get it into their store. We can sell to every
0: person in the United States via the website, but how do you get them there and how do you get them to buy? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot easier to sell the end user, the, the consumer who's eating it, and then force the distribution so they're going to the store saying, do you have this cheese, you know? Right. And the same thing by, go, by selling the Seven Elevens. that's going to force distribution in with the large distributors. Right. Because people are asking for it. All right, what other um, markets were you talking about? The colleges? colleges, mm-hmm. and uh, the sports venues. Right, tell me about the sports venues.
1: Go to a Packers game or go to a Buffalo Bills game. Mm-hmm. All these guys are sitting in their seats. The cheese cheeseheads, of course. Yeah. They're going to eat cheese. Yeah, all they got to do is get it in there. I mean, We can sell it to them for, let's take a two ounce as an example. We can sell it to them and make money at 50 cents, right? Mm-hmm. They can turn around and sell that thing for $3 at a sports mm-hmm. thing, sporting event.
0: A two ounce? Yeah. Okay. And are any of the sporting events selling it?
1: I saw the other day watching the Packers game.
0: They and probably do it with the Packers, but that's Sargento, about it. Sargento. Yeah, Sargento. official
1: cheese of Lambeau Field. There you go. Sargento's in there? Yeah. Yep. Sargento doesn't make one piece of cheese. All they are is a buyer and a packager and a wrapper. And where's their cheese coming from? It's all over. Sargento's is all over? Yep. They yep. get it from wherever it is the cheapest. And they do not make one there at about a $500 million a year company in the quality of their
0: cheese compared to yours? It's not as good as ours, but there's not a huge difference. Though what kind of, How fast could you grow? What kind of, could, you, could you handle the manufacturing for that much? Absolutely. Our factory is about a $30 million a year factory, but if we wanted to have 10 semi-loads of cheese a week, they can do it. No problem. Let's say if you could take that account away and land that, what's the stadium called? Lambeau Field. How much cheese do you think they move through there during a the season? Oh, goodness.
1: 55,000 fans there every week when they play. Yeah, so you're, looking at, it you're it looking at eight times a year, though.
0: But what are y'all's margins on this stuff? We work in the neighborhood of 30%. That's your gross. Huh? What's your net? I mean, after all the expenses and all that? Oh, let's see, I didn't
1: look, have my taxes last year, but it's in the neighborhood, I suppose, of what would you say, Al?
0: 5 percent. I was going to say seven, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you said you're doing a you doing a, a million a year in gross. Yep. And so what do you you know last year what are you taking home net out of that? Well, you take
1: uh, five to ten percent of that. That's fifty to seventy thousand, right? I mean, that's after everybody's paid salaries. You know, I mean that's. And you got are you guys equal partners yourself? Yeah. So y'all are splitting that in half. Well yeah, that actually ended just staying the company. We we receive a salary.
0: Okay, so you're taking out a salary also? Yeah. Okay. Um are you doing any kind of advertising at all? Uh, no. Not at all. No. Where are we advertising?
1: Any kind of advertising.
0: Our advertising I
1: guess would be on our our door rack and yeah, our website. So much, but we have a website? Our website,
0: right, I said that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, you you've got your website. What's your is your website getting any traffic? Not much. Not much. Not much. You know. Who did who designed it?
1: Uh, it's a, a company we have that's actually out of Costa Rica.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So you got your website. Have you done any kind
0: of search engine optimization or
1: anything like that? Uh, the fellow who put the website together has done all that for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we don't know how to do that. So. D- there is. We've done some paper clicks and we've done some things that help us, you know, try and figure out. You know, Drive people to the site, but we still we don't know coming from, though. Where right. they are. Mm-hmm. And are you getting any sales off the side at all? Very few very few I mean the total sales in the last year is about what ten <laughs> we have everything in place to sell. Then we have the boxes to ship them in. we have the frozen uh, deals that go along with the cheese to keep it cool so we can ship it anywhere in the country.
0: Mm-hmm. we got everything all put together. Because he said, it will sell, and so far we haven't done anything with it. Is the cheese market where you are, yep. I mean, is, is more cheese consumed there than anywhere in the country, or is it just m- known for the... Uh, generally,
1: generally speaking, I would say that cheese in the whole U.S. Is good. Is, and is up every year. It's yep. going. Yep. More and more and more. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're penetrating less than you know two percent of the market nationwide. Mm-hmm. And you take even the uh, the crafts and the sargentos of the world. There, there's a huge market yet out there. You just got to get in front of these. People. So, who are the big, big players? Sargentos and craft? Sargentos, craft. Uh, Schreiber's does some. There's then there's of course it drops off into smaller people from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community marketing. Are you doing anything uh, local to boost your image in the community? No. I mean, our community doesn't even know that
1: we're here Okay. because we don't sell necessarily just to the community. And you don't do any kind of donations or group sponsorship. No, it, it, well, there's no upside to us for doing it. I tried it a little bit. Yeah, I did some here locally. Gave some to, oh, well, some local groups and things like that. But mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. That doesn't seem to. Mm-hmm. Our our customers are the convenience store chains, the grocery store market. I mean, that's huge in the South. And we we were priced right. We could even sell into those. But uh, again, because we we have a small product line, I mean, Crafty, you know, they have a hundred products. Mm-hmm. So when they put in all of their sliced cheese and their all their other products, well, then the string cheese just goes right along with it.
0: All right, and you're doing no direct mail at all to any of your potential customers. Correct. Have
1: you thought about it or what should yes, we have? That's why we've been researching and trying to find out more ideas and marketing. But you just haven't found out what to say. That's correct. Well, that's the issue. That's when you're thinking about marketing, mm-hmm. uh, direct mail, learning to find out where that niche goes to rather than just blanket you know, send out tons of sheets, specifically should we target and that's you know just what we read so far, like in the J. Abraham stuff. You know you're better off to market with some small niche than you are to you know put it in USA Today.
0: And that is generally a problem with a lot of uh, people who want to market their product. They don't do any direct mail. They don't do any advertising. They don't do any marketing because they don't know what the hell to say. Right now you're a commodity competing against another two ounce cheese stick on price and size. Right. It, it puts you in a in a terrible position. When you're competing on price and, and when you're competing on size, that's why developing a unique selling proposition and it can be done for any company. To, there's a specific ways to develop that. There's a process. There is a way to develop the unique selling proposition for your string cheese. You know, it's not something I can do over the phone right now. But I think just from some of the questions I've I've talked to you about, if you could develop that do you see how then you can continue to do some of the other things like the direct mail, like possibly some you know, advertising in some ways. Even maybe some community marketing. You know, you still have a, a marketplace right in your own community that that needs to eat and I'm sure there's a lot of people who eat string cheese. Right, but well, that's already taken care of by the big boys.
1: And you're gonna market at a local area that you put, whatever money you put in there, it mm-hmm. actually just wasted money because it's not going to come back to you. you don't have, we don't have a distributor that's
0: actually distributed. Well, you know, there's huge food companies. who You've heard of Omaha Steaks, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can go get a, a steak at every damn supermarket in the, in the world, in the country, but they only market through direct mail. Right. Have you ever gotten any of their uh, direct mail? Sure
1: have. I had some of their steaks not that long ago. And their steaks
0: are damn good, aren't they?
1: See, we could, we could sell our cheese the same way.
0: That, and that's just one way, through direct mail. When you get those direct mail pieces from Omaha, believe me, you, sh- you should save them because they're they're works of art. They're direct mail sales letters and, and they send them to you quite often. Don't you get them every couple of weeks? Oh, I don't get them that often, no. Oh, I, I still do. And they are selling you on the quality and they educate you about the beef. I remember getting one of their letters. They tell you all the different types of steak, what a porterhouse is, what the shoulder is, and and they teach you. And when you teach your customer about... Uh, about something, you build a relationship with them. Have you? You become. The, the expert on cheese in in your industry, where you educate and teach the end user, you know about all the intricacies and the manufacturing of of string cheese. And I'll give you a perfect example. You'll hear if you're reading Jay Abraham's stuff. You'll hear about a guy named Claude Hopkins. Claude Hopkins was the father of modern advertising, and he's the one who brought Schlitz malt liquor to number one. This was back in the in the late. 1800s, early 1900s. And there were tons of beer makers already, and Flitz was was certainly not number one until Claude Hopkins took him on as a client. And Claude Hopkins went to go visit the factory where they. Did the beer and he was walking, taking a tour of the factory, and he saw the the room where the mother yeast was, where they met, ma- you know, like we talked about the culture for the cheese, and he saw how they steam the bottles and how the water came from these deep arte- artesian wells, and he asked, "Do your customers know about this and how beer is made?" He goes, "No, it's not important." He goes, "It's not important to you, but it's important. It, it, it may not." be important to you because you're a beer manufacturer and all beer manufacturers know about this but the end consumer knows nothing about string cheese or nothing about beer right. and when you ed- and this is what he did he educated the consumer about the process of how Schlitzmalt liquor beer was made and how it was pure and how the water came from these artesian wells and how the The culture was, or the the yeast, the mother yeast was um, produced over 500 years and 4,000 experiments and he quantified it and he educated the, the consumer about Schlitz beer and then the consumer forced distribution and it became number one in the industry. Well, you can do the same thing with your cheese. What's... Common and ordinary to you, a guy in the string cheese business, isn't important to you because you're in it. But to a guy like me who knows nothing about string cheese, boy, if you could educate me and teach me some things about why your string cheese is better, and the fact about the uh, culture and some interesting facts that the culture uh, took you know almost 280 years to get to perfection, and your cheese comes from Wisconsin, and because I'm just giving an example, because the 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 mineral content in the water where they make the keys, gives it a specific... You know, you've got kind of to dig these reasons out through research, and it's doable. You see, and then you have some compelling reasons for the end consumer, and Claude Hopkins talks about it's always easier to force distribution through the consumers than it is dealing with all these damn distributors.
1: Right. So so, then, then the best way to do it is to ship directly to the customer.
0: You can certainly, certainly build a business all through direct mail. Yeah, I mean, you, the bottom line is you want to sell cheese. Exactly. And it, it sounds like what you're doing right now, you're you're getting some success, but it's it's a struggle.
1: And we have and we have a long way to go. I mean, we have, uh, I mean, the potential is huge. Uh, for example, even this story you were just talking about, if we could get something compelling enough, even to the buyers. Of the convenience store chains mm-hmm. to look at us different than anybody else out there. Yeah, we can we can figure out a way to do that. We will get into much more chains,
0: like seven, right? So the Casey's of the world. So what you got to do, and to find that, you you know, who you got to talk to you got to talk to the buyers. And you got to talk to their frustrations and what are they looking for when they uh, when they're. When they choose a distributor for a cheese product, what makes their life easier? What problems are they currently having that if you could solve would make you a good candidate You know, what problems can you solve for these buyers and for their distribution? And, you know, and and that's just a matter of instead of calling on new customers, start calling on buyers, maybe not even in your area or maybe for competing products, and ask them these questions and see if you can determine what problems you can solve for them. You know, what problems do they have every day being a buyer? What do they look for? What makes them decide to choose one product over another? And you may find some answers there. And then if you find the problems, if you can solve them, then you may have a real advantage right there, you know. And now, if you can get that information, and that just takes digging, you know. It, It just takes calling on them and doing some work and that's something our consulting clients do. Um, they can find that out for you, and then if you could take those problems and articulate it in a letter, and then you can mail every damn buyer in the country, and you're talking their language because you got the problems from other like-minded buyers. So One, which buyers do you pick the brains from? Not the you? You want to find your prospective buyers, who would be your buyers, and you want to talk to, write to them. Five minutes, can, I, can you help me out? Can I get your opinion on something? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm a cheese distributor here. We, we sell it. We manufacture a one-ounce and a two-ounce snack cheese problem, and I'm doing some research. I'm composing a letter that I want to send out to people just like you. Before I do it, I want to ask you some questions. What are you looking for when you choose a product that goes into, you know, for distribution? You just ask them right up. Most people are willing to help you out. You know, if you just ask them, if you ask 10 of them, you're going to get five that'll help you out. Because, you know, people like helping people out. You know what I'm saying? And if you can identify what these hot buttons are and what the problems are and solve them for them, then you have some real competitive advantages, some real unique things to offer a buyer over another company. Yes, you could build a direct marketing business. It's doable. But if you can make it work, let's say you send out 1,000 letters to your potential prospect, whatever that may be, the sandwich distributor or the grocery store chains or whatever, if you can make it work on a small level and it pays out, meaning it brings in more sales than the cost of the direct mail promotion, you can get a letter out for 50 cents to each one of these prospects. In this case, the prospects wouldn't be the sandwich people. It would be just for the customer homeowner. You could choose whatever you want. Now, it would be too expensive to sell directly to the homeowner, you, I mean, through direct mail. But you could do direct mail through your to your buyers, to your prospects that way. Right. Um, you, you probably at this point couldn't afford to, to use direct mail to sell your string keys to the end user. Unless, if you look at what Claude Hopkins did, what he did very successfully was he forced a distribution. So he would do an advertisement. He would test an advertisement. For instance, back in those days, they were selling the patent medicine. So it was like a, a elixir that you drink, and it cures all these problems. So he would um, he would do a magazine advertisement, like a full-page ad, offering a free sample of his... Product and he would coupon it. So you take this coupon into your Ralph's grocery store for your 100% free sample of your cheese. You know, so you can sample it that way and it can all be measured because the coupons, the coupons will drive the public into the stores and you force the distribution. You contact the stores and let them know you're doing some regional advertisement in X magazine. It's going to have a coupon for our cheese. And you force the people into the stores to get their free sample of cheese, and you hopefully hook them that way. That was one really effective way he built a lot of big companies. Oh,
1: now you've got to have the cheese in there before you can put the coupon
0: in, right? That's right. That gives the store reason to put the cheese in there because you're going to be driving all this traffic to their stores. And you could test that on it. So you're forcing distribution. You could test it. You're forcing it through the end user, through a coupon. This guy, I've got some stuff on my site you can study. This, this is how this guy built businesses. He forced the distribution through couponing, getting people into the store. The store owner knows that if you're giving away a free sample of cheese, that that person in the store is a good chance that he's going to buy other stuff in the store. So it gives him the reason to put the cheese in the store. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I understand that. Yeah. That could be tested on a small level, and this is how he would do it. He would test it on a small level, and then once he would determine a test, he he would just go national from there. Yeah. So then, if you give one piece, hopefully they'll buy a couple more, right? That's right. He, you got to be careful of your offer, but that's right. Yeah. And many times you could give away, you could give. Away, I don't. He had a guarantee. I, I don't know the exact specifics of how he did it, but that's a ballpark of how he did it, and he did it very successfully. Yeah. What do you think about driving them to the web, trying to get people to buy off our website, like we are right now? For the end user, the mom at home with kids. Yep. The mom with kids. I got two young kids, and uh, believe me, the mother at home with kids and, and a husband working, or even a single mother. Fifty percent of those single mothers don't have time to sit in front of the computer and order their keys. They need to go to the grocery store and get everything else they're going to buy it there. But um, I don't know. You know, your web, your your website. May offer some good support to uh, generate distributors. You know, by having a presence on the internet. You know, for a string cheese distributor, and and uh, you know, you could offer. You know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with having a website and having great content, the history of cheese, free downloads. You know, you could generate accounts, and having a presence will definitely help you. Yeah. No doubt. I don't think you're gonna get all these sales uh you know from moms waiting to go you know get, sit down in front of the computer and buy cheese from your website now it's good to have let's say you did some media let's say you did some free publicity let's say um and I'm just thinking off the top of my head okay that this doesn't have to make perfect sense, but let's say uh your cheese is guaranteed to lose weight or double your money back. And let's say someone picked that up as a news story. Cheese distributor in Wisconsin guarantees you'll lose weight on their string cheese or double your money back. And let's say that picked up as a a news story and it got on the news and let's say the AP picked it up and there are ways to get free publicity. Now that's just one angle, okay? But you've got to do something newsworthy that the AP, the Associated Press, could run a story. But that could happen. Now you're going to want a website because in that press release you sent out to all the media outlets. You're going to have your website in there to take advantage of their guarantee. Go to you know www what's your website called? Uh, snack-cheese.com. snackcheese.com. You want to be prepared for that. So your web presence must be ready yep. in case you land something like that. Yep. In media and free free media is also a great way to uh, promote. You just got to come up with something unique. Uh, What do you think about writing some kind of a copy that
1: really will catch the eyes of our buyers, like these community store chain buyers?
0: You want to get your pitch. You want to get your unique selling proposition, the reasons why these buyers should buy from you. And that takes research and work to develop that. But once you have it, you can it and clone it. And that unique selling proposition, if you're marketing to buyers, should always be the same. You know, in your sales letters, in the way you answer the phone, in um, the way your sales reps call on them, on your invoices, on your voice, you know, on hold recording, that unique selling proposition, that message, that compelling reason why these buyers should buy from you rather than these other people should always be the same. Could be uh, we don't use pesticides in our cheese. You know, pesticides. What the hell is that? You mean other cheese manufacturers use pesticides? What if you could do some research on uh, Sargento's or the or Kraft and find something out in their data on their manufacturing process that that isn't that you could take advantage of and leverage? Sargento's uses water from the from the uh, Hudson River. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, and it, it takes work and creativity, but the, the, those things are out there. You just got to dig for them. So. You know, and I'm just talking off the top of my head. Let's say I don't know where the Hudson River is, but let's say you knew that Sargento's filtered their water from the Hudson River, and say three years ago there was a, a an oil spill in the Hudson River. I mean, that'd be great media. Sargento cheese uses polluted water to make their string cheese. We use we use water that's been purified five times through, you know, and you talk about your water process. Right. Something as simple as that that gets attention right. and then, oh, by the way, if you want to try our cheese and you put in the unique selling proposition, go to or call. You know what I mean? yep, yep. yep. There's all kinds of ways it just has to be uh, done. And sometimes when you're, in it, it, when you're in it, it's hard to see it. You need someone with a fresh perspective. Unfortunately, you had a bad experience with your uh, Y2 guy and a guy who never did it. And we had, you ever heard of IPA? IBA? No, tell me about that.
1: International Profits Association, International Business Associates.
0: Uh-huh, what do they do? They are similar to that. Yeah, they sell a consulting training? Yep, 35000 uh, 45000 Wow. All right, so did you find a, a consultant from there, from uh, them? We started talking, we
1: fired him right away, because what, if you go online and do a research on it, you'll find uh, there's a guy on there who said, don't use these guys. Here's what my experience was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found it after the fact that we, we spent some money with him, and then just stopped it. cold.
0: What kind of money did you put
1: down with him? What did we spend with him, Al? you remember? Five, six grand, probably.
0: Oh, was it that much? I don't think so.
1: Maybe it wasn't that much, but it was it's enough much- where... Like well,
0: what's different uh, about what I do is we work strictly on a project-by-project project basis. And depending on what we de- do, the fee is usually anywhere from 1500 to 2500 bucks per project. And the very first project out of all seven projects is the unique selling proposition so if it's something you guys want to talk about and think about it you could hire me and i also guarantee my results you can hire if you go through the whole all seven steps of my process but you could hire me to do the unique selling proposition For your string cheese. How would you accomplish that? Do you do the research? I do the research. I do it all for you, and I come up and I present you a uh, unique selling proposition that you can use and take. You could take it from there and include it in your direct mail, in your media, in your free publicity. And I do it a number of ways. There's four different things I do, and I won't go into all of them. But it has to do with competitive analysis, meaning I will call your competitors and act as a customer. I'll do research on them. I'll go to their websites. I'll see what they're doing. I'll look for news articles related to them, and I will look for that thing like the Hudson River example I gave you—something that you can a hook, that you can grab. I could do one for your uh, your buyers of your um, uh, the you know the chain store buyers, and then we could do one for the end consumer. Uh, would that one for the chain store buyer be the same you think is the same? No, it would be totally different because it would it would be based on what their pain is and what their needs are there.
1: What do you think of the idea of uh, of taking the percentage of increased
0: sales? You know, it's it's something I don't do initially, and I'll tell you why. I don't want to be married to anyone. You don't want to be married to me. That's why I do it strictly project-by-project project basis. But let's say I do the USP for you, and you're happy, and we continue on, and then we we implement the second step of the process is implementing the USP through all of your processes, meaning um, when, when you're calling on the phone to a potential prospect, that potential prospect is going Going to know Alec about your USP. You know, let's say when you call and you say, you know, hi, you know, hi, this is this is Alec from Spring Cheese. And when you get them on the phone, you're going to let you're going to basically let him know what that unique selling proposition is every time you make a call. And then if you follow up with a fax, that on the fax they're going to see that unique selling proposition. And then on your website, we'll have it on your website. So there are points when you're touching your your buyers or your prospects, they need to see it over and over again, and it needs to be consistent through all your marketing. The second process of what we do is implementing that, putting that within your existing processes. So you actually put together the uh, the work, so to speak, or the sheets that would incorporate the copy and everything necessary to do this? That's right. The first step is I developed a unique selling proposition for you. That's the first step. What's the second? The second step is integrating it in all your systems. So let's say I develop it and I come up with it, and I do that through my research and several other processes, and I come up with it one for your your buyer and one for the end user. Okay. Then the second step of what we do is we I work with you guys to implement it. So I say on your letterhead you, that you're that you're when you send a fax to someone, are you using a fax machine when you follow up with customers at all? Yes, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. On that fax, we need to have your USP. So uh, I'm going to work with you to get that done. I'm not going to do everything for you, I'm going to say, here's the USP, let me see what your fax looks like now. Let's put it in copy on your fax. Let's include it on your on-hold message. When, when someone calls you, a prospect calls you, do you have an on-hold recording? Uh, we do not. Okay, that's an he easily... the ability to do it. Yeah, you can do that. So when you make that recording, and I can help you do that, we put that unique selling proposition on the on-hold recording. You can have scripts in front of you, so when Tom, you, or Alec are on the phone and you're talking to customers, you have it, USP, in front of you, and you make sure you say that every time you talk to a customer. Would that be similar then to, let's say, Ruth Ann when she answers the phone to take an order? Absolutely. Your Ruth Ann should it should be communicating that USP every time she makes a contact with a caller or a client or a customer because you want to reinforce it in everything you do. So that's step two. What's three? Step three is your database. And you're doing a pretty good job of it, So meaning you've got all your customers in a database. Many clients don't even do that,
1: and we help
0: them set that up. you got it all on QuickBooks. you got it all on QuickBooks. Um, so every prospect I deal with doesn't necessarily do all the steps. That's why it's step-by-step. Step. The next step would be alliances. So what I would actually do is I would implement and help you establish some joint venture relationships with some potential uh, joint so venture basically stick, skip database just go to alliances with that exactly that's right five is media Now, you're not currently doing any advertising, but let's say you wanted to use direct mail. So this would fall into me helping you develop a direct mail sales letter that would go out to your potential prospects, writing it. I've already implemented the USP, so that's going to be the meat of it, the guts of it. I would actually compose, create, write, do the copywriting, edit, and go back and forth with you and get that right, ready to mail. That would be something that we could use on a monthly basis during one of our you could, potential customers. Absolutely. Yeah. And it could be a series of letters. It may not just be one letter. It may right. be a follow-up letter. Right. Same. And the sixth is community marketing. And it's something you don't have to do. And But if we could come up with a way in your community, you have a hidden marketing asset being a Wisconsin cheese distributor. You know, that's got some real value to people anywhere else in the country. Wisconsin, you guys are cheese heads. Of course, you, your cheese is going to be the best. You're in Wisconsin. Look at the media, you know, in California. I don't, well, I don't know if they do that. You know, we see the advertisements on TV for California cheese. They're yeah. pushing California cheese. You see, is California cheese any better than Wisconsin cheese? You know, who, who knows? It's the, it's no, 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 no. Wrong answer. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's right. And let tell me why. Yep. We don't use chemicals in our water. Right. Do you see? And that's just an example. Do you see? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And then the seventh after that is? Is the uh, direct marketing. The handle and do the uh, actual mailing. It, it's step seven and the um, step five are similar. It would fall under the direct marketing. And, and
1: I think Al would agree with me that probably one, two, five, and
0: seven are our most important things to do first. Well, and you don't even have to worry about two, five, and seven. Most important is number one. That's got to be done before anything else. Right. How much time would it take to develop that in your uh, I spend about a month on each thing. Now, I'm not working a whole month for just you because I work with other clients. I would need a month to come up with step one yep. to have your USP. All right. Well, that's good.
1: Let uh, let Al and I talk
0: a little bit. You guys talk about it. And... uh you said that each one of those are between fifteen hundred and twenty five? That's right. I would do the first step for fifteen hundred bucks. And if you guys are happy with the USB and it makes sense that you like what I've done and all my research and my analysis, then you can simply move on. So you're not married to me. Good. That sounds good. Sound good? Had, good. Has this been helpful? Yes it is. Miguel? I would agree. Yeah. Well you guys talk it over and get back with me and I really appreciate you letting me dig through your business. Yeah, I think we've talked about a lot of different things, and I've got a lot better understanding of what you guys are trying to accomplish. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Michael. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Score my products. sister is Ruthanne. Hi, Ruthanne. Is Tom available, please? Can I ask who's speaking? Tom, it's Michael. Sunoff. Sure, please hold. Hey,
1: Michael. Hey, Tom. Yeah, see, Alan and I talked about it. We decided to do the USP. You want to do it? Yes, we do. Okay, great. We heard, I think, uh, you know, maybe we can have a relationship here that'll
0: continue on that'll, you know, fire up our market as yes, we need Look, I I will give you my my best effort. I've been trained by the best, and I think if anyone can do it, it's going to be me, and we'll take it step by step. The other thing is maybe at some point down the road, if you want to do a backhand thing, we can... I'm always open to that, but let's see how we'll take this step. And based on that, we'll continue on. If you like working with me and I'm producing results for you, we'll go to step two. We'll go to step three, and then we're going to have a good relationship. But at least we have a chance to work together, but we're not married. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be on the phone most of the day. I will get back with you, and we'll do a little gentleman's agreement and take care of the money, and we'll get going on it. Sounds good. All right, bye bye. Call me back. All right, bye. So my products, Ruthann. Hi, my Ann, it's Hi, It's Michael Sinoff calling for Tom. Sure. Please hold. Okay. Tom here. Hey, Tom. Mike Sinoff here. Yeah. How are you? Good. Sorry I didn't get back with you yesterday. Anyway, I wanted to take care of details and get going on this. Yep. Do You do PayPal, don't you? Oh, we do? You want to just do it by PayPal? We can do that. That's fine. All I, I need, card need card to- is... Now, if you just give me your PayPal email address, what I'll do is I'll send you a PayPal money request and I'll, I'll outline what we're going to be doing and everything in that. i just send you a check overnight. Here's
1: why I say that. They're going to put direct-to-addition for me today. Uh-huh. I might be screwed up with my email, and tomorrow morning at 7, I'm flying to New York, and I'll be back till Tuesday.
0: All right, just you can mail me a check. That's Just
1: pop a check in the mail. If you give me your address, I'll send it to you uh, FedEx. So you can send it
0: to FedEx. That's fine. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, address 4735 Claremont, C L A I R E M O N T, square, number 361, San Diego, California, 92117. And you want to make it out to J S ampersand M, J S and M, Sales and Marketing Incorporated. For $1,500. Get that to me and then when are you going to be back in town? Uh, Tuesday. You'll be back Tuesday? I'll call you uh, Wednesday because we're definitely going to need to talk some more. Yep. Sounds good. And we'll go from there. Very good. Okay, you got it. Okay. Have a good flight. Yep. Here's another bonus tip from Michael Sinoff, hardtofindseminars.com, and it's a collection of recordings on marketing consulting. I have met a gentleman named Richard who is one of the world's best marketing consultants, and I have 12 hours of audio interviews all on the subject of marketing consulting. We also have downloads to over 23 reports on the subject of marketing in the section of recordings, you will find a multitude of ideas that will give you very valuable ideas on how to build and grow your business and also how to teach others how to grow their business with simple, no-cost, low-cost techniques. If you go back to hardtofindseminars.com to the main page, you'll see across the top in white consulting services. If you click on that page, there's a form that will take you into a private secret section of my site I've set up just for you with all these recordings. All you have to do is fill out your name and your information and you'll be whisked away to Consulting Secrets where we have thousands of dollars worth of free downloadable audio recordings in MP3, in flash, also the written printed transcripts and PDF that you can start learning from starting today. This information is hot. So get on over to hardtofindseminars.com. Check out Consulting Secrets.